Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Military Transition Wellness. I'm your host, Michelle Seidling, and today we are talking about burnout. And who better to talk about burnout than the Chief Burnout Officer, Michael Levitt. Michael, welcome to the podcast. This podcast is available on multiple platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to be informed as new episodes become available. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of our episodes, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. As always, check out our website at foodexperienceunplugged.com for some resources as you begin your health journey. Great to be with you today. Really looking forward to our conversation. Uh, we are happy to have you here. Will you take a moment to introduce yourself and you know, why the direction that you've chosen with burnout? Sure. Uh, thank you again for allowing me to be on your show. So again, I'm Michael Levitt, and I'm the Chief Burnout Officer. That title came to me in the shower, by the way, of <laughs> the Breakfast Leadership Network, and I'll, and I'll share. Breakfast Leadership also came to me in the shower, so I take showers a lot, so good ideas in there. Um, the organization was formed several years ago to address burnout in organizations because I had my own burnout journey back in 2007 to 2009, and it cost me everything, including almost my life. And because of my experiences with burnout and the lessons that I learned about it, I realized that, one, you can escape burnout, you can heal from it, and most importantly, you can design a life that's free from burnout. And that's what you know I do today for organizations and making sure that their teams and, and people can live a life that's free from burnout. Oh, fantastic. Wow. And especially with um, those transitioning from the military, I think burnout is not only on active duty, but as you're going forward into a, into the unknown, so to speak, and burnout is, is um, pr- pretty prevalent, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Because of the stress of you know having a very, and I say controlled, and I'm going to use that phrase, very, from my observation, I didn't serve in the armed forces, but my dad, my grandfather, uncles, and, you know, everybody has. So, you know, I definitely have come from a military family background. And when you are in the military, it's a very controlled environment. You know, there, you're, you're following orders. There's things you need to do, just like in working at a job, but it's, it's different. And when you leave the military and enter civilian life, the boundaries and the borders aren't firmly set in many organizations, unfortunately. So there's a lot of ambiguity and uncertainty. And, you know, that's, that's pretty stressful for people and prolonged stress turns into burnout. So it's definitely uh, a sector that uh, deals with it, unfortunately, maybe a little bit more than others. Mm, Okay. So in terms of, um, you know, with, you mentioned with the military, in the military, you know, you've got all the structure of that. Where exactly does burnout start? Does it start back then and and bleed over, so to speak, into others, or or how does that whole process of burnout happen? Could you tell us about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, burnout happens because you have prolonged stress. It's you have so many demands on your life. It's overwhelming. You're mentally and physically fatigued just because you can't keep up with the demands of life. Most often, it happens in a work setting because of long hours and changing parameters, which in the military, especially if you are in a combat type of situation, uh, you, yes, you can have a plan and a strategy, but you know, all's fair in love and war. And when you're in a military exercise or battle, things are changing every second. And so you have to be prepared. And of course, you know, through proper training, you're prepared to navigate through those things. And 
while they might be stressful, you've been prepared uh, with, you know, all, hopefully all of the potential circumstances that you could face. And when you transition out of that into civilian life, that's challenging because you may not have been trained on all of things. And that's, you know, one of the things that I see a lot is the preparation for people that are going into military is extensive. Boot camp and basic training and all of that is a long process. The transition to the civilian world, unfortunately, is that process isn't as long to prepare you because every industry is different. Every industry has different needs and it's kind of a, a big wide open world. And you're like, okay, where, where's the blueprints? Where's the, where's the guidelines? Where's the map? And unfortunately, many organizations don't have that document, which you know, causes a lot of prolonged stress. But Burnout can't happen unless you have prolonged stress. If you have prolonged stress, then it can lead into burnout. And the prolonged stress happens when you're not doing things to adjust for it or taking care of yourself or resting or doing things in life you like doing. Those things end up getting cut out a lot of times when you're under a lot of stress or working really long hours. Mm, Okay. So I can understand with with the combat experience or other other military scenarios, you're constantly on on the go or on you have to be <laughs> be up and and doing. Versus when you transition out, you're you're in a totally different environment. So perhaps at that point is when uh, burnout, the signs of burnout, um, materialize. You think? Yeah, definitely. Because before you. you... You, you knew what you would be doing. You knew what kind of situations you'd be facing for the most part. But when you get out into the civilian world, that may not be the case. Again, the great organizations have good structure. They have good policies and procedures and protocols to do the job that you are hired to do. So you, you, you have all the tools, all the weapons necessary to use you know, a weapons analogy to be able to conduct your job and do well at it. Unfortunately, there are a lot of organizations that aren't as well-versed in preparing people. Um, and I see it all the time in the HR work that I do, that a lot of organizations do not so good a job of onboarding people to give them all the tools they need to be able to do the job which is frustrating. So you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I do this? You're doing a lot more detective work in many cases than just following the guidelines, which of course causes frustrations because we all want to do well at what we do. Uh, We want to serve well. We want to be a great employee. We want to be able to do the things that we were hired to do, be successful, get some fulfillment out of it. Obviously compensation helps, but ultimately we want to do deep down, we want to do a great job. And when we can't, because there's limitations or lack of communication or lack of guidelines or procedures, then it's frustrating. And that frustration can cause stress. And if it's prolonged over a period of time, you can definitely start you know, potentially approaching burnout. Mm, absolutely. Now, you mentioned you know firsthand about burnout, not necessarily through the military, but through your own experiences. Will you share your story of burnout? Of course. Back in 2007, I was hired as a healthcare executive, and it was with a startup organization. I had previous experience in startup companies, but never in healthcare. I didn't really know anything about healthcare, so I had a big learning curve to figure out how to recruit physicians and hire staff and acquire the right medical equipment, as well as navigate uh, the building of a new medical clinic. So there was a lot going on, and I was working some insane hours for a couple of years. So from 2007, to 2009, I was working basically 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. seven days a week for wow. a constant two years. 
during that time, I also wasn't doing a lot of things outside of work that was fun. I wasn't really getting any exercise in whatsoever. Um, my meal plans were basically breakfast, lunch, and dinner, ordering food through a microphone, driving around the corner, paying for it, and getting handed a brown bag. So you can probably figure out what kind of food I was eating. And that was breakfast, lunch, and dinner because I was working such long hours. Well, that's going to take a toll on yourself. So it all coupled up together with the working long hours, not eating well, not doing things I like doing in life, and not getting any physical activity. Um, it all came to a crashing halt in May of 2009, where over a period of 369 days, so from May 2009 to May 2010, the following happened to me. I had a heart attack that should have killed me. 17 weeks later, I lost my job during the Great Recession, if you remember that. Uh, then several months later, after finally finding a new job, because of you know, the Great Recession, there was not a lot of jobs to be found. After finding a new job, I get a call from home finding out that the bank had repossessed our family vehicle uh, because when you don't have a job for a long period of time and you're on unemployment and no insurance um, and you now have heart medication that costs $1,000 a month, you make choices. You make choices of being able to buy food and, of course, the medication to keep you alive. Um, and, of course, the other things took the back seat and you know, eventually the bank exercised their right uh, to take the vehicle back. And then finally, a few weeks later, after moving our family to the new location that we moved to, uh, we were getting ready to sell our old house, but uh, when we went back to the house to grab a couple of things that we left when we moved out, um, there was a sticker on the door that said foreclosure. So heart attack, job loss, car repossession, home foreclosure, all in a year. And all wow. those things happened to me because I was burned out. My burnout, I made mistakes at work. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't eating well. And obviously, when you do that, you give yourself the... Uh, cardiac event at a very early age. And that just had a domino effect. And it was just an absolute horrible situation. But my prolonged stress of working all those hours and not doing anything to address the stress, um, you know, created all those scenarios to happen. Mm, okay. So now with the burnout, you mentioned you, you had just gotten a new job and, and, and that is that, do you think where, where the domino started to, to fall at that well, point? The, yeah, when I started at the at the the medical clinic in 2007, that was literally the dominoes started setting because I didn't establish boundaries around when I would be working. Now, if in the military, you, know, you can't you know go to your your officer and say, you know, I'm I'm only going to work five hours today. That that's not going to work. Um, I, I might need to take time off, and of course you can, but especially if you're in a military exercise, you say, you know, I I can't I can't work this shift, you know, because I got to go do this or that. No, that that doesn't apply. But in civilian life, uh, yeah, life happens. There's circumstances and things like that, and and people have vacation days and take time off. But I didn't really. Vacate. I, I didn't take time off. I didn't re-energize. And even you know, for those in service, you, you still have to sleep and get rest and you know take shifts, especially if you're in battle. You got to take shifts so you can at least get a little bit of rest. And of course, in non-combat times, you, know, you should get a, a decent night's sleep. You're eating well. You're getting physical activity. Um, you've got clarity around what you're doing. Um, so a, a lot of times they can be very stressful just in the unknown of what world is like. But unfortunately, sometimes there's a lot of stress because in civilian based organizations, uh, a lot of them just don't have any structure, which is stressful. It's stressful to me. And I, I never served. It's stressful to me to see an organization that doesn't have some clear guidelines to help their people do the best work that they can do. 
that consumers like you and I can benefit from. So yes, it was definitely the job that was the first domino to kick things forward. Sure. Now, what at that time, what was your mindset so such that you, you didn't feel like you could take a break or you could take a vacation day or, or other things? A, a common sign of people that burn out, uh, it's not all of, all of them, but many of them are type A driven personalities. I, I felt that we really needed to make this clinic the best clinic in the area. And even though I was an employee, I acted as if it was my company. I think that was a big, big mistake on my part. You can have ownership in an organization or ownership in what you do, but not to your own detriment. And I should have established boundaries around that from day one, and I and I didn't. Um, so by not establishing boundaries on it, I just kept pushing and pushing. And I had a very proactive board of directors that I reported to that wanted to do great things. They were just as driven. They wanted to make a mark in the community, which was noble. Um, on paper, nothing really wrong with that, but the approach of everybody, myself and and that organization, I think, in, in retrospect, could have approached things a little bit differently where you know, it, it didn't you know, cause me to have a cardiac event and all those other things to happen. I think things could have been done much differently. It's easy to say that after the fact, but in the middle of it, sometimes uh, we, don't, we lack the clarity of establishing some some guidelines on on what we can do and what we can't. It, it would be the you know, same situation where, you know, in, from a military setting, you're not going to put a soldier in a position where they're not able to do what you need them to do. And sometimes in companies, they, they make that mistake and they put people in very difficult situations, which really doesn't need to happen. So not having boundaries around that workplace um, and situation really, really made it problematic for me. Mm. I see with with all of those things. Now, with um, you mentioned the domino started when you first um, got the took on that that role and that and that job. What were are the signs of burnout usually dramatic like that? Like you with your cardiac event, with your home foreclosure, other other things. What are normally the signs of burnout, and and how did that apply in your situation? Yeah, I, I checked off all the boxes on the signs of burnout, but unfortunately, I just completely ignored them and ignored people telling me that they thought that I was under a lot of stress and I need to address it. So the common signs that we see uh, time and time again with uh, people that are burning out or even teams that are burning out is one, if you're not getting good sleep, consistent good sleep, it's okay, if you have a bad night's sleep last night, okay, not a big deal. But if you're consistently not sleeping well over a period of weeks or months or maybe even years, that's a big, big problem because when we sleep, that's when our body repairs the damage we do to ourselves on a daily basis. Even if we live the healthiest of lifestyles and get plenty of activity and eat well and, and all of that, our body does a lot of work while we sleep. And if we're not deep sleeping, then our body's not doing anything to help repair what we do to ourselves. And if that means I don't repair today's damage and I don't get good sleep tomorrow, then all of a sudden there's two days of damage and then it piles up. And then, you know, that was a big component as to why, you know, my artery was so clogged up and, you know, caused my heart attack was, you know, because I wasn't getting good rest. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't taking care of myself. Another common sign we see with people that are burning out are they stop doing things in life they enjoy doing. They're not motivated to do things that are fun. You know, and I'm not talking about not motivated to work. I'm, I'm talking about things that you like doing outside of work. You just stop doing them because you're tired and fatigued. You just don't feel like it. Or you say, I don't have enough time because I'm working so hard or working too much. 
And when you cut those things out, um, that's problematic because doing things in life you enjoy doing makes you feel good. If you feel good and you're feeling better, that helps reduce your stress. And again, without prolonged stress, you can't burn out. But if you don't do something to address the stress, then you're definitely risking burnout. And another big sign I see a lot, especially with people that are fatigued and burned out, is their relationships, their relationships suffer, um, their communication styles suffer, they're, uh, they're irritable all the time, and maybe even starting making mistakes at work where you're forgetting things. You know, a mistake in the military uh, could cost lives. You know, that's a big deal. Now, if you make a mistake and you're working at you know, an office somewhere, okay, maybe not, but it could obviously create some big challenges for the organization if it's a big enough mistake. So when you're not sleeping well, you're not feeling well, you're not getting activity and you're constantly fatigued, clarity in your brain and pattern recognition and cognitive ability gets impacted, which creates the opportunity for you to start making mistakes. And then, you know, that can have a, a, spiraling, a spiraling effect as far as your ability to you know, do your job or have communication with your spouse or your boss or, you know, anybody in life. Mm, okay. So you're just, you're eliminating the very things that can help you prevent burnout, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a common thing when people are really stressed, they'll say they'll work through it. And that's actually the opposite approach of what you should take. You should basically just kind of stop, pause, evaluate the situation and adjust accordingly to, you know, basically, you know, ease some of the stress. And a lot of people say, well, I don't have time to go have that coffee meeting with my best friend. Well, how long do you normally take? Well, usually an hour. Could you meet for 15 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Then meet for 15 minutes. Sure. It's not the hour, but you're still doing something. And even that shorter burst of time is still helping you relax. Maybe your friend will say something or you'll have a conversation and you'll laugh, you'll feel better. Then all of a sudden you have some clarity when you go back into your work because you've taken a break. And that's often a big challenge is people don't take enough breaks and actually break from, from what they're doing. Uh, multitasking is, is definitely the worst thing you can do uh, because your brain is using all sides of your brain at the same time. And sometimes that can really be problematic. You need to focus on what you're working on and focus on making sure that you take care of yourself. So you're your best optimum self. They obviously do it in the military. They want you to be the best person you can be. So you can be the best at what you do. Well, we have to do that for our lives as well. And when we do that, then we are the best we can be in whatever we're doing, whether it's in relationships, work, play, anything. Okay. Now you had received between that that one year time frame several wake up calls with regard to burnout. Now, what was the uh, the the story after that? Once you uh, once all these events occurred, how did you get out or work yourself out of the burnout or or otherwise you know overcome that situation? Yeah, for me, you know, once the house foreclosed, it was. I know it's going to sound strange, but it was a sense of relief because I knew at that point that I had survived everything that had happened to me. Of course, that was a very, very difficult year to go through. I mean, each of those losses are humongous to people. And I had all four of them in a year's time. So for me, once the house was or foreclosed, thankfully, we already had a place that we were renting. We already had a vehicle, had a job. The medications were working. I was getting healthier. So I knew, okay, well, the, the storm is over. 
So now is the cleanup time. And for me, I, I felt it necessary for me to take a really long, hard look at how I lived my life. Why was it important for me to work all those hours? Why was it important for me to eat the food that I was eating? What all I, I really did a deep dive in how I was living. And I determined in my situation that it did require pretty much complete reinvention of myself. Now, before we continue, 99% of the people that are burned out do not need to reinvent their life. Because if they hear that, they're thinking, I, I can't reinvent my life. I am who I am. And, and I'm not asking you to. And majority of people don't have to. You have to make some simple adjustments here and there in your life and how you spend your time, your, your beliefs, your thought patterns, all of that. You do some work on that and it'll help reduce the stress. If you reduce stress, it won't be prolonged. You won't have burnout. But for me, I had to do that exercise. So that's what I did. And I, I it took a couple of years to kind of go through things. I, I My one regret is I didn't work with a therapist directly during that time because I think it would have helped expedite some things and also work through some things that, you know, I didn't know that I really needed to work through back then. And so that, that was my, my, my one regret and all that, but, but I did, I reinvented myself, went back into a healthcare role, did a lot better, worked the right hours for me, was successful, did a lot of great things. And then I started looking around at my colleagues and looking at different industries. And I was seeing a lot of people burning out. I'm like, uh Oh, this is not good. I know how this could end for people. So I started doing some research, started writing about it. Next thing you know, I, you know, I, I started publishing some articles. I launched a podcast, and then I thought, okay, let's let's write some books about this and speak at conferences around the globe. And it's taken a life of its own. Uh, I, I, I wish that burnout didn't exist because then I would do something else. But my story and my experience with it, and how to recognize burnout and how to get out of it, um, it, it proves that. I can help organizations and people, you know, kind of stop their burnout and then start living a life where they don't burn out. Sure. Absolutely. That's fantastic that you're using your own experiences to really pay it forward. Now, just kind of rewinding a little bit, you mentioned you reinvented yourself during that time. Could we kind of dissect that a little bit and tell us of course. how you reinvented yourself? Yeah. First was, you know, we'll say, let's start off with the hours that I was working. You know, I'd ask myself, okay, why was it important for me to work all those hours? Did that really need to be the case? Did I need to work all those hours? And did I need to respond to those messages and those emails uh, all at all hours of the day and all night? And the answer is no. In most cases, you don't. Um, I, I think back to my dad who worked in the auto sector and worked on the assembly line and in the auto plants and whatnot. And towards the end of his career, he worked at the engine plant and his job was to drive the forklift and deliver the engine blocks to the assembly line so they could put them in the cars and continue building the cars. I never remember dad coming home from work with a forklift or engines. The work was left at work. Unfortunately, in many jobs that we do today outside of the military, that work can constantly go on because of smartphone technologies, laptop computers, whatnot. Uh, and we don't have boundaries around when we work and when we don't. And this pandemic, unfortunately, has blurred the lines on that because our workplace and our home place for many of us was the same place. So we didn't have those hard punch in, punch out type of situations for us. And that you know, really created a lot of problems. So for me, you know, doing a deep dive on, okay, why was that important to me? What was I trying to accomplish? What was I trying to prove? 
was it ego driven? Yes. And I'm like, okay, why? What was I, what did I want to be recognized in the community? So there was a lot of that with that. And of course the food choices, okay, why did I choose to eat those foods instead of eating something more nutritious? Because those are accessible. You know, they're in grocery stores are around and fresh foods and salads and things that are good for me. Uh, It wasn't like I couldn't get those, but I I just chose not to because of the perceived, I don't have time to do this. Well, you gotta, you gotta make time to take care of yourself. You have to make sure that you're putting in the right fuel for yourself. So working with a nutritionist to kind of figure out what foods are right for me were good. Exercise was something that I really didn't do a whole lot of because when you're running a clinic or if you're an executive or high ranking, you know, type of position, you tend to get the really good parking spots, which is really close to the door, which means you're not getting in the exercise of just in walking in steps. So, you know, I, I made sure to adjust and go, okay, I need to park a little bit further away, you know, get in some activity, walk around a little, just move. And then of course, you know, not doing things in life that I enjoyed doing. You know, I cut all those things out when I was burning out and I said, okay, let's, let's go back and start doing things every week, at least to enjoy, whether it's going to a sporting event or watching some sports or reading or just getting out in nature or other things that I enjoy doing, put those back into the calendar, schedule those things. And once I started doing that, that helped kind of reinvent. And of course, going through all the experiences that I did, you know, I I would revisit them and go, okay, why was this important to me? Why did I behave that way? Why was that so important to me? And, and, And doing it from a state of curiosity and not a state of judgment. For, and I think that was a big, big part in me being able to heal and recover was I wasn't going to beat myself up anymore because, well, that year pretty much did a good job of that. So I thought, oh, I don't need to do that again. So let's let's look at this as a, kind of an exploratory you know, exercise of just kind of being curious about, okay, why was this important to me? And once I figured that out, I'm like, okay, is that still important to me now? Is that, do I want to do that? And most times, it was, a lot of it was, no, I don't want to go about it that way. I'm going to go about it differently. And what ended up happening is when I approached how I work differently and had boundaries around when I work and when I didn't, my work quality improved. I was able to produce more in less time. And it was better stuff than I was doing when I was putting in all those hours. So mm-hmm. I learned that you know, when you're efficient and you're operating at your best self, then the work that you do is better. Your relationships are better. Um, food tastes better. You, you, you live life. You're not under this burden of prolonged stress. And it was such a game changer for me when I did that. Oh, that is fantastic. Now, once you went through that process of reinventing yourself, do you revisit those topics from time to time to kind of reevaluate, so to speak? Oh, definitely. I, I have an exercise for at least twice a year. Um, I'll, I'll take a look and see how, how life is. I'll check in with myself. I'll have a, I'll have a, uh, basically a board meeting with me and, and I journal, you know, I write down a lot and keep track of what, you know, how I live my life and it doesn't have to be robust. It could be a couple sentences or it might even be just a couple of words, depending on the day, depending on what's going on. But that coupled with, with my calendar, uh, which is uh, pretty important to me. Uh, that's how I know how to show up on time for events like this is, you know, make sure you keep track of your calendar, but, you know, looking back, in my calendar and how I spend my time and what I'm doing on, you know, and checking and seeing, okay, how do I feel? You know, how am I feeling this week? How am I feeling this month? You know, how did this, how did things go? You know, what were my interactions? What, you know, what went well? What didn't go well? Okay. Why didn't it go well? What, and more, and I don't want to say more importantly, but what's critically important is 
when I look back at a situation that went well, it could be a meeting, could be a, a talk at a conference or something I posted that you know, got some positive reviews, you know, I look at it and go, okay, well, why did that resonate? You know, was there something there that is on the minds of others that I could you know, maybe expand out a little bit more to provide even more help and, and benefit others or even for myself? You know, if, I, if I'm researching something to you know, improve how I live my life or a situation, okay, was there something more on that? I, I think at the end of the day was that exercise, what I did to heal myself and recover from all those horrible events of that state of kind of living life with a curious lens. Um, I've, I've continued that in the things that I do, you know, whether it's conversations like this or interactions that I have at conferences or working with teams or reading an article or just kind of seeking to understand, okay, why are people thinking it or looking at things that way? Is there another way to look at it? You know, what's, what's truly at the core of all of this. And that curiosity, I think, you know, it gives me you know, opportunities to personally grow. And then you know, with that personal growth, I can share that with others and, and help them you know, grow as well. Mm, absolutely. I love it. I love that, that reevaluation from time to time. That's crucial for, uh, for you to keep being that, that keep optimizing your life, essentially. Absolutely. It, may, it makes you healthier and gives you gives you something to look forward to. And, and again, the nice thing about our lives is we can make choices. If, if things aren't going the way that we want, we can make some choices to you know, change the direction on that. And we all have that liberty to be able to do so. Absolutely. Now, for those in the, the throes of burnout, what are some steps that, that people can take to reduce that burnout or at least identify different situations? Yeah, the first one, and I alluded to this a little bit earlier, is sleep. Uh, get the best night's sleep you possibly can. So instead of buying that brand new smartphone every year or a brand new television, uh, unless your television's broken, then okay, go ahead and do it. But spend the money on the best mattress you can afford that you can really get a good night's sleep with. And same thing with your pillows and your bedding. Uh, because think about it, where do we spend the most consecutive hours of our day in one spot? where we sleep. So if you have a really good, comfortable mattress that you, you lay in it and it feels good and it can be firm, it can be soft. There's people that like all types of different mattress styles. We'll find the one that works best for you. That'll give you a fighting chance to have a good night's sleep. And if you do that, then your body's going to have an opportunity to repair itself. So you get good sleep, it'll repair. And next thing you know, you feel refreshed in the morning or feel better Then you can go on and, and take on the day. Uh, stress is always going to be around. There's no cure for eliminating stress. The key is to make sure that you are your best optimum self so you can navigate through stress or around stress or face situations that no longer stress you out that may be used to. So getting a good night's sleep is, is critical. Secondly is you definitely want to get activity. You want to get in some exercise. And I know for many, that may have been a challenge during the pandemic if gyms were closed or you know, we weren't moving around as much because a lot of us were sent home. And the key is to figure out some ways to get in some activity. So work with your healthcare provider and an exercise consultant if you haven't been exercising. So you don't want to get yourself injured trying to take something on. Just work with somebody and get into some type of activity routine so your body is doing because the exercise helps kind of reduce some stress a bit. And again, without prolonged stress, you won't burn out. So if you're doing some exercises that can help you relax a little bit and, and those stressful situations won't be as bad. 
And another key thing too is your nutrition. It's your fuel. Uh, I'm not going to tell you not eat fast food, but for me, a big game changer was I, a couple of years ago, I had a food intolerance test done. So they tested me on over 250 types of food. And I was alarmed to see how many different types of food I have an intolerance to. Some are minor, some are major. But a lot of times what happens is when you eat foods that you have an intolerance to, inflammation happens. It can be in your joints or your shoulders, or your muscles or whatnot. Again, your body wants to deal with that because that's not how you should normally feel. So your brain is saying, okay, we have an issue here. We've got inflammation. We need to address this. How do we do that? So your body's using energy to fight off that inflammation instead of using that energy to do other things like help reduce stress and other things. So for me, it was a game changer because I could look at the foods that I have an intolerance to eliminate those from my diet. So then while I'm sleeping, my gut bacteria and digestive system can work in processed foods that are naturally right for me. And then that way it doesn't use as much energy on that, which means it can use that energy to address whatever I did the day before. So hopefully I can get better sleep. If you get better sleep, you feel better, your cognitive abilities better, your ability to not be stressed out about things improves. So get good sleep, get some activity in, eat the right foods for you. I know it sounds like, well, that seems simple and it actually is, but how many of us are doing any of that? And so many people aren't, they're not getting good sleep. They're not eating the right foods for them and they're not getting enough activity. So when you're stressed like that, guess what? It can prolong. And then unfortunately you might burn out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now do those same steps apply, whether you're in the the middle of burnout and trying to reduce it, or you're trying to prevent it, or are there additional things with regard to prevention? Uh, with prevention, those are definitely preventive measures as well. Uh, but the thing of it is with, with all of this is once you've had burnout and you get out of it and you recognize what those signs are, you know, bad sleep or irritable or overwhelmed or things like that, it gives you an opportunity to basically give yourself a timeout and say, okay, what can I do? to ease this up? What, what options do I have right now to help? And you can be, all right, you know what? I need to maybe go on a little bit longer walk or yeah, I usually go to this restaurant and eat those things. And yes, it tastes good. I get it. I love it. You know, I, I, you'll, you'll walk by a restaurant and they'll be cooking something that quote unquote really isn't healthy, but it smells so good. And you want to eat it because you did. I, I get it. I, it still happens to me. Okay. And there are going to be some times I'll fully admit that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go get that. And then afterwards I feel lethargic and I go, yeah, that's what happens when my taste buds override everything else. So it's all about moderation, of course, but doing the preventative things helps you get a little bit more clarity about feeling your best. So when you feel your best, you know, an exercise that I do is like, oh, you wake up and I'm like, okay, how am I feeling today? It's, it's literally, you know, you, you might ask, you know, your, your loved one or coworker or the child. So how are you doing today? We don't ask that of ourselves. We should say, how am I feeling today? You know, ask, you know, say, how am I feeling? Okay. I got a good night's sleep. Okay, good. Or I didn't get a good night's sleep. All right. Well, what did I eat yesterday? You know, what, was there something that didn't agree with me or something stressful going on at work or something like that, that I'm doing. So once you start getting a little bit more clued in and how you have good days, you go, okay, well, I want to make sure I replicate that. So you set yourself up for success by, okay, I'm going to repeat that. I, I did this, I did this type of exercise, or I eat these types of foods, or I made sure to get to bed at this time consistently. There's all kinds of different things that you can do. And, you know, we hear the phrase life hacking a lot, and it's really not life hacking. It's just designing your life 
to the best for you. What works for me may not work for you, uh, but understanding what does work for you, you, you can control some things. It's okay. Make sure that I have all these ingredients in play. Then that way it's going to increase the likelihood that I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I'm going to feel well the next day. And then I can prepare. Like if I know if I'm going to have a potentially stressful meeting at work or a challenging situation, or I know I'm going to be traveling and going somewhere for a conference or whatnot. There are steps that I take to make sure that I am rested and prepared to make sure that um, I'm successful in not only the travel situation, but also that you know I'm doing everything right. I make sure that I'm very specific on what kind of foods I eat when I travel because that could be challenging, especially if you're going to conferences. You know, the, the food there is mass produced, and you know, yes, there's some salad there, but yes, there's also the cookies and the danishes over there, and there's there's challenges we all face. But ultimately, is setting yourself up for success, making sure that you know the ingredients that you use to make you feel the best and you just continue to do those, what will happen is you'll start feeling better longer. And what will happen also is you'll find that maybe there's some ac certain activities or certain foods that drain you. Well, you cut those things out if you can, and then you won't have that draining experience. And all of a sudden you start getting into this rhythm of feeling better all the time and doing better. And you'll see it in your work. You'll see it in your relationships. You'll see it in every aspect of your life. Mm, absolutely. I love that you're kind of just kind of revisiting um, those things or anticipating problems and trying to trying to tackle them before they they become problems, essentially. Exactly. So fantastic. Now, with your with burnout, um, do is it mostly, you know, you had a wake up call, many people have have those wake up calls. Does it take other events? Does burnout reoccur pretty prevalently? Or is it mainly, okay, I've learned from this wake up call, now I'm going to be better and do those things? It, it depends. Some people, you know, they can realize that, okay, I burned out, okay, and do the work to figure out, okay, how did I get myself in this situation? Or how did I land here? What, what did I do? And then make you know, better choices for them. Um, and they don't have to be gigantic, earth shattering, change the world things. It's like, you know what, I'm instead of you know working on Saturday nights, I'm going to take that back and, and not do that. Or I'm not going to check my email before you know, 7 a.m. type of thing. Or I'm not going to check my email after 6 p.m. because I'm going to work with you know, my loved ones or play with my kids or play with my dog or watch a game, whatever, whatever you like doing that, you know, brings you joy and fulfillment. And because work, work's always going to be there. You know, we, we can't get our work done. Well, that that's kind of called job security. You, you, you won't get your work done. The work is never done. So we, we keep going at it as if we're going to get the work done. Well, work's always going to be around. So you have to accomplish what needs to be finished on a particular time or date. But again, it's, it's having boundaries and kind of a step back and look, okay, what do I need to accomplish today? So, you know, it, instead of going, okay, I've got this big project to work on and I have to do this and this and this. And yeah, yeah, you do. But take a step back. You're not going to be able to do a, a, a three-week work project in a day. Quit trying to do it that way. Scale back, go, what can I accomplish today to move things forward so I can complete the project on time? And, and, and divvy it up that way. And I find when people look at it just as a, what I, what I need to do today. 
keep it simplistic and not worry about, you know, the next two weeks, prepare for it, make sure you have all the things you need to do in order to be successful. But I find when you scale things back, that helps a lot and prevent, you know, long, prolonged stress, which of course turns into burnout. Absolutely. I love that. I love just how you're really analyzing yourself on a regular basis. That is fantastic. Well, Michael, how can people get in contact with you? Thank you so much. Uh, they can find me at breakfastleadership.com. At the top of the webpage, there's all kinds of different resources. I've got blogs, uh, there's online courses, there's uh, you know different things that they can find me on. Um, and I'm also on most of the social media channels. Just look up Breakfast Leadership. Um, you should be able to find me on all those platforms. You know, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. and uh, So feel free to send me a message. Uh, more than happy to have a conversation with people or just, just to connect. So yeah, breakfastleadership.com is probably the best place to find me. Fantastic. We will include all of those in the show notes. Michael, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I appreciate your experience. And, you know, with wake up calls are never fun, but it led to something positive for you and being able to pay it forward to others. So thank you so much today. Thank you very much.